This week, three sides of the coin, Julian Gill is back in the cauldron of plot waffles. <laughs> and it's very He's trotty. It's, it's, the waffles are flowing. Um, we have a very cool discussion about the worst business decisions KISS ever made. And frankly, I don't think any of them were bad decisions because I bet Kiss made money on every single one of them. So, so why bother even having the show now? You just there you go. Just hit just hit the stop it. button. We're done. We got the yeah. you watched enough here to count as a play. That's all we care about because we goddamn don't care about you whether you like us or not. <laughs> this three sides of the coin, talking all things Kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to. Three sides. Are you looking for official Three Sides of the Coin merchandise, T-shirts, hoodies, and more? Visit shop3sidesofthecoin.com. We ship worldwide. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. Keep this a short intro. We got a very cool discussion. We're, we're joined once again by Julian Gill from the KISS FAQ. Um, nothing happening in the KISS world again as soon as something happens, we'll let you guys know. Um, I do want to just encourage everybody, make sure you're following the Three Sides of the Coin Facebook group. I am posting a ton of old photos that I took at KISS concerts and solo concerts and conventions and meet and greets and all sorts of stuff. Ace Fraley stuff, Peter Chris stuff, Vinnie Vincent stuff. Paul Stanley solo tour at the Ritz in Detroit. Ton of cool stuff. So follow our Facebook page, our Facebook group, group, three sides of the coin, and you'll see all this stuff there. Um, I mentioned it, Julian Gill's back. We are having a very fun and I think smart discussion about a face, a a post on the FAQ message board from the end of last year about the worst business decisions KISS made. And we go through about nine of them that were listed there and kind of discuss, are these even really business decisions and were they bad decisions? And we get into the, we try and get into understanding the business of KISS. It's a fun discussion. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very cool discussion. Um, Play along with us. And that's your homework for this week. And, uh, let it roll, and we'll see you at the end. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your Three sides of the coin. Uh, Julian, you might be green jacket material. I think so. I what think is, so. Is this number four? It's got, it's got to at least be four. Wait a minute. At least Wait your fourth appearance. But we, we got to call Uncle Gene here because he might not like the color choice. He might prefer that we give out red jackets. So just uh, screw to, Gene to stay safe. I don't want to hand out a, a, a green jacket. What What's Gene going to do? Not not send us our checks? <laughs> well, you know, we want to stay on his good side. <laughs> so anyways, carry on, gentlemen. What's he not going to do? Let us go to a concert? We can't attend the, the first Avatar show in 2027? <laughs> no, you just can't attend the last one if you work for certain people. Oh, don't open up that can of worms. 
Well, hey, if the shoe fits. It's sunny. Walking around the block a while. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So Julian, Julian Gill from Kiss FAQ back. And um the 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 topic du jour is something that that came across our inboxes. This would have been, if I'm looking at the timestamp on a screen capture, like the end of December last year, there was there was a, a topic or a poll. You probably remember this because, Julian, you you remember everything that gets posted, right? Um, this was I a go, poll. I, don't, I do not go on the FAQ. What are you, mental? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 sh- I shill my stuff and leave. <laughs> There, there was, there was a poll that was called what is the worst business decision kiss ever made? And, and I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of an interest. That could be an interesting discussion. But then I started looking at the list going, Oh yeah, this is put together by people on the FAQ because some of these aren't business decisions whatsoever. And I, I threw it out to these guys. And I was like, this could be a fun topic. And I think, Mark, you're like, oh, yeah, this, this could be really, really cool. And I'm like, why don't I see if Julian wants to join us since it comes from the cesspool and and he can he can be here representing. So anyway, we'll 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 make sure this graphic is available online so everybody can see it. But I will do a quick recap of what's listed here i'm not getting into the the number of votes cast or anything along those lines but what is the worst business decision kiss ever made and there's nine items listed here and i'm just going to list them off and then we can go back and discuss these item by item and throw other things in if we want but uh first in the list phantom of the park then the detroit rock city movie then Rock and Bruise, then Taking Off the Makeup, then the Avatars, the L.A. Kiss football team, not giving Eric and Tommy their own personas, the Elder, and the Dubai New Year's Eve concert. So these were the nine worst business decisions somebody came up with over on the message board. But that, that, that was the thing that I thought was crazy michael is these some of these aren't business decisions well, that, 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 that's the that's the whole thing i mean you know we we can start you know i would sit here and first of all like it or not the elder's not a business decision it's a creative decision same with that's, phantom of, let's just go right down the yeah list. yeah phantom, phantom of the park of the park wasn't a business decision. well here and 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 before we get into each item i do want to remind people how KISS sort of does business, they don't spend their own money. Somebody else is spending the money on all of these items. So KISS isn't taking money out of their pocket, making a business decision, investing their money in it. Somebody else invested money in it. Whether that business venture succeeded or not, Kiss succeeded because they made money off of it. Well, we'll go back to uh, I think it's the 2020 thing Um, because you want to talk about money coming out of their pockets. I and I think it's in the Chris Lentz book when you want to talk about business. 
when they invested all that money into what the Cincinnati, whatever a business that. park, some business. Yeah, park yeah. And I guess they lost the rest. That would be an example. That's a business decision. And yes, and, and, and you're that was bought right. as an investment. That's, that's an inve- that. Yes, exactly. That's an investment that the band took their profits, their money they made from all these other ventures and invested it in something like any normal person would do, whether you are investing in stocks or real estate or, you know, mutual funds or whatever. You invest your money hoping you get a greater return out of it. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. So to or your point, you're Mark, you're doing it that, to lower that, lower your tax liability. Lower your well. tax yeah. liabilities. Yes, exactly. So and and those sorts of business decisions, other than what Chris Lent might have revealed in his book, frankly, we the fans have no insight into any of that. We That's have, where I was going with this. We slide. have zero we, insight yeah. into the business of KISS and the band's investments and how they manage their taxes. None of that. We don't know any of that. Why? Because guess what? KISS is not a public business. They don't have to reveal anything about income or losses. Just like none of us have to reveal how much money and by us, I mean everybody watching this. You don't have to tell anybody how much money you have in your bank. You don't have to tell anybody how much money you earn every year in salary. You don't have to reveal any of that. It's private information. Kiss is a private business. Gene and Paul are private citizens. So we have no insight into that. So back to first understand Kiss makes their money by somebody else spending money on KISS. That's how it's always worked. Record labels are a perfect example. Record labels will give KISS a million dollars to record a new album. That's the record label spending the money. That's not KISS. So guess what? When it came to something like Phantom of the Park, it's probably a damn good chance that NBC or the production company came to Bill Coin and Kiss and said, we want to give you some money to make a movie. Meaning we're going to pay you to film this. Kiss is like, great, money in our pocket. Now, we can all argue, and we know what, what uh, Mark's thoughts are. You can all argue whether the movie was a success or not. doesn't matter. That was a creative decision. It was a creative venture. And not every creative activity succeeds. Michael, but I do want to hold on. I do want to say this really quick. That was a great commercial for their records and posters. Mm -hmm. So that was an, that thing was a huge success on many levels. You know what I mean? For as, for as much as I to this day can't stand it. Doesn't it it got them on network T got them on network TV. Yeah. Which was huge huge, back in the late uh, seventies. There's three channels of TV. They got a movie one night on one of those networks. That's huge. You know how many tickets that sold for the upcoming tour? How many posters that sold? Comic Oh, my God. T-shirts. A runaway success that was business-wise. Yes. And that's the difference between a business and, you know, something that that they did in their career. I I thought we were going to 
you know, kind of piece, you know, piece each one of these out, because I do think it's an interesting list. Just yes. the fact of all the things on there, but to say it's, you know, pro business or, or not, some of these clearly, I would think maybe Julian can help. I didn't pay attention much to like the, like the L and, and, and then we'll go in order, I guess, but like the LA kiss football team, that had to have been a money loser in the, the end. Well, well, you know, here, I mean, we can jump forward to LA kiss again. It, did it lose money for the football team? Sure. Did the, I mean, the whole arena football league fold it. I mean, That's the whole point. thing, the whole, the whole league imploded, not just the kiss team, but, Kiss got paid. Kiss, Kiss got paid. Kiss didn't sit here and go, we're going to invest our personal money into a football league. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You know what What Kiss brings to the table, and, and this can be a hard concept for some people to understand, is the name. The name Kiss has a financial value to it. And it's not listed here, but I'll give you another example similar to L.A. Kiss. The whole venture that Kiss did with NASCAR back in the early 2000s, where they, they, same thing. It costs you money to put your logo, your name on a NASCAR race car. But when Kiss had a car decked out for them, it's not because Kiss went and paid NASCAR. Somebody paid Kiss for the rights to put their name on a car. Because then they were going to sell merchandise and cars and models and T-shirts and all this other stuff. So, again, Kiss made money off of the deal. Somebody else might have lost money. But at the end of the day, in Kiss's business, that doesn't matter. But that's what makes it a business decision because they're creating all these new revenue streams from something like L.A. Kiss football team. So that's a business decision for all the. I've got an Eric Singer LA Kiss bobblehead behind me um, that you can't see through my virtual background. But all those revenue streams, the t shirts, the bobbleheads, the, all the accoutrements that went with that, that's straight into the Kiss coffers, separate to the licensing deal that they made in order to get that access. Same with NASCAR, same with Gene and I Am Indy. Um, again, giving that name to that. And Mark actually stole everything I was going to say about the Phantom. Um, and, and I totally agree with him on hating on it. But it was a, it was a business decision in that, yes, they, they took the creative, you know, kind of money for the producer's fees, for the acting fees and all that. But it was a foot in the door of what they were hoping to expand on and into in terms of multimedia and cartoons. They wanted to, you know, get into that market and thus the NBC movie was exactly what they wanted as a foot in the door. And it sold a shit ton of product as a result in conjunction with the solos coming out. So to me, that's a business decision as is LA kiss. Let's stick with the movie because I also think it took away because let's go back in time to 1978, 1979 when, because that movie was clearly geared at youngsters and I think that kind of helped sanitize Kiss's image at the time. So let's face it, because, you know, I, I 
<laughs> Julian, we have we have a, we have somebody that like comments on our show about when Aerosmith is going to be talked about. There week. you go, ding ding ding, <laughs> ding, ding Aerosmith ding. mentioned. But but Julian and I are both huge Aero fans, and Aerosmith was more, for lack of a better word, after. Let me see if you agree with this. All everybody, Tommy, you, you, everybody, join in. Aerosmith in 1979 and 80 was still a dangerous pot smoking, if you want to say, you know, hard rock bunch of guys. Whereas they were a band your parents still didn't like. Yes, where I think that the whole kiss thing, especially after the movie of the week help sanitize it so they could sell the you know the the rubbing it plays was, they were the, they were safe it made kiss a safer band yes. to the parents to the general media i mean come on if if kiss is okay to have a movie of the week on nbc they can't be that devilish that demonic yes they yes. can't I, be I satan think- worshipers if nbc gave them a movie I mean yeah, that yes. that's basically what it did to them. I think that was part of Bill Coin's plan. Well, yeah, I think was. we also just, know just, back, just like back... Brian Epstein did with the Beatles. Take them out yeah. of leather, make them all neat and presentable. Yes, the result of Phantom certainly didn't help because the whole satanic thing exploded in 79. Right. Once on the road. So it kind of didn't work in that sense. But the audience was seven-year-olds. Uh, but the press was all covering the satanic side. Well, but and, if you and, remember, and we, all those press, because I have a shitload of those clippings, to be fair, pretty much all of them were debunked. I mean, A, because it was easily debunked. But I don't think that movement... I think that movement was harder on the band in 83, 82, 83, than it was in 79 because and because they were still taking the kids to go see them um in 79 i mean there's tons of video of matter of fact the the going back to the 2020 special they really that was front and center how young uh the crowd was and and you know hell i was 14 when i when i went in 79 too so you know but i remember at the creatures show man that there it was a lot more present at that. And I think even going back in my clippings and stuff now, I, I, I think that disrupted Kiss more in 83 and 82. Uh, I'd love your comment on that, Julian. What do you think? I think 83 is a certain amount of not this shit again. Um, you know, that it came back, but it, it also came back in full force. I think there's a slight difference between 79 and 83, and that 79, they're touring with very saccharine other acts, John Mellencamp, New England. And in 1983, they've got Wendy Williams with their tatas out, just adding to that whole debauchery kind of angle. But it's the same markets always, because again, the satanic angle continues in 84, 85 even up into the 2000s, in the same places. I mean, as you'll know from your clippings, uh, a a lot of those same papers, it was their recurrent theme, just they would recycle it each tour, the satanic, blood-drinking, demon-worshipping. But, but you, uh, you, you know, here here's my thought, and, you know, Tommy and I, being from, from Minnesota, the, the Creature Show, we had the whole Peters Brothers event going on. Before. It was front-page news. But here's the thing that I've never seen anybody really comment on. There's a video clip 
of the Peters brothers inside the Met Center at the Kiss concert videotaping in the hallway, but they also got video footage of the band performing live. So they, they had access. They only got access because the band allowed them to come in and film. So the band didn't object to the protesting. The band obviously saw the protesting as free media coverage. Street cred. It's a hundred percent free coverage. Sure. Guess what? We got what what Tommy, they had the, the front page of the variety section was all Gene Simmons and the Peters brothers interview. The whole freaking oh God, front great. page. And then you also had um Don Shelby interviewing him on Channel Four before the Creatures show talking about the, all that stuff. Yeah, so it, you know, yes, there was more protesting going on, I think around the creatures era and maybe it had more of a visual impact but i personally believe kiss went out and sought out all those protesters it's a tool because other as a tool because otherwise i mean as we know we were all there and mark as you say timeline means everything if otherwise who was talking about kiss that at that point nobody was talking about Kiss. you had the occasional pm magazine or you had the occasional entertainment tonight, but nobody has was giving Kiss the time of day anymore around the Creatures era. And all of this protesting was giving them free, free media coverage. And it's the kind of coverage newspapers and news stations loved. It was good versus evil. Well, the one clip from CBS this evening, I mean, that's national news. If you remember when uh, the one gentleman was talking, and Gene, what a smart ass. How old's your daughter? But yeah, I mean, good. I was going to say, let, let, let's, let's get back to the, the, the business decision list. So fan of the park, not a bad business decision. Creatively, we could all have our personal opinions on whether it was a creative success or not, but it wasn't a bad business decision. Detroit Rock City, the movie, I will lump that the same way we just talked about Phantom of the Park. Again, Kiss didn't finance that movie. They got paid to make that movie. Did the movie bomb? Fucking was a huge stinker. But again, guess what? Gave them a ton of media coverage leading up to everything that came after the movie being released. And, so and sometimes let's what, so really what you're saying is sometimes what we perceive as a disaster turned out to be a financial windfall for them one way or another and not having to pay for media coverage or their bottom line. I would venture to say nearly everything with some form of a financial windfall yeah they 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 got some money probably up front and then they probably had some deals that said if this succeeds then we get a percentage of profits after the fact now granted when a movie bombs there's no back-end profits coming in but did they have a deal that they got to share in dvd sales because we all know nowadays that's where movies tend to make all of their money back it's not at the box office. Right. It's once they hit 
nowadays it's once they hit streaming services, but back then it's once they go to VHS and DVDs, then they explode. And if you can get a percent of every DVD sold, cha-ching, great business decision. You got paid to make a movie, and now you're making a percentage of the back end in product sales. Was that well, a bad call? And that's the thing. So more than likely to have this discussion properly is we should know so many other things that we don't about their personal affairs with the band. Because really all of the 10 could be circled around stuff we're not even well, talking that, about Well, that's today. sort of the whole point of this whole thing is like... So we're just going to get reamed how, how, for... How can you make a statement that it was a bad business decision when you don't even understand the business itself well you're conflating creative with business yeah that's the whole point i I think everyone's just voting on this list by their personal taste mark voted against phantom because he hates it i'm with him on that i don't like rock and brews because i've never been therefore i've got to vote against it so again detroit rock city creatively you might think the script in the movie stunk you might have hated the actors in the movie that has nothing to do with the business side of it but hold on a second i i there's one and correct me and again i'd love i love the other three guys to jump in on this i would make the argument because we're only at one and two so far that phantom helped a lot and i didn't care for that i didn't like detroit rock city either um i just thought it was a turd of a movie but i also don't think that that helped them because that was what 98 99 99 august of 99 i think yeah and my point was you know the psycho circus tour pretty much stalled they had to you know ram that thing into the farewell tour it was spotty um you know i i i think that you know a lot of the same problems from the end of the seventies were rearing their head in the end of the nineties. And I don't think yep. that <clears throat> that movie helped them, meaning Detroit rock city helped them in the way that Phantom of the park did. Right. Agree. It's, it's, it's it, very possible, but again, it's hard to say. I mean, I will say they got a ton of media coverage leading oh, up Leading up to the movie release, once the movie was released, media coverage turned off overnight and it was a bomb. But leading up to it, I mean, come on, they, you know, they got their star on Hollywood Boulevard. And for people who don't know, somebody pays to give you Mm -hmm. a star on Hollywood Boulevard. I think at at least back then it was like it cost twenty five thousand dollars to get a star on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes, probably new new line cinema paid for that. And then somebody has to commit to some yearly fees for maintaining the star. So, hey, whether you again, whether you liked it or not, they 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 were the spectacle of Hollywood there for, you know, those couple days when the movie came out, they took over the, the premiere they had a star on Hollywood Bowl. They were all over the place. And they didn't spend a penny of their own money to do that. Yeah. So, you know, again, maybe it didn't work quite as well, but it did give them coverage. 
Um, number three, rock and brews. First of all, I would say that doesn't even belong on this list because that's not a Kiss venture. That's a Gene and Paul personal venture. And more importantly, so the the people who were behind Rock and Brews, it was started by the company that was their merchandising company at the time. Del Ferrano, who's passed since passed away, started that, I think, with his brother. I think Doc McGee was involved in it. They brought Gene and Paul in on it. Didn't just but, Gene? Did you guys know? I thought Gene was like in before Paul was. Am I, I don't. I don't know the exact timeline, but but I, I think the point is it's not a pure Kiss venture. Yeah, there's Kiss logos in Rock and Brews, but there's Who, there's everybody else that the merchandising company represented. It became basically a great tool for the merchandising company to showcase all of these artists that they represent. Gene and Paul... Again, I would doubt that Gene and Paul personally invested any of their money in this. They were making money off of this in some form or another. I mean, you don't become as rich as those guys by spending your own money. You get rich by having other people spend their money. And you take a percentage of what is being spent. And then you fly in, you you cut a ribbon, and you get in the press, which is very handy when you happen to be going on tour and maybe playing nearby to one of the rock and brews. It yeah. all ties in again as generating additional revenue streams that they directly benefit from. And, so, and, 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 and great frankly, let's be, let, let, let's be honest, rock and brews, I've never been to one. I don't care one way or another about them. I, just, I, I see it as a a cheaper version of what the Hard Rock Cafe is. Um, but they're still out there. They're still well, doing business. So how, how could rock and brews in itself be a bad business decision if they're still out there? Didn't they just open a rock and brews casino well, somewhere in Oklahoma? Many, yes. Yeah, September, and, and September last year up in Wisconsin, middle of nowhere, wasn't it? Somewhere. Yeah. Up there. Yeah. So, and, so, and so I got to watch it firsthand how they tied those two together. They had the ribbon uh, cutting ceremony with Gene and Paul showing up at the Rock and Brews, and then they played to 30,000 people in the middle of a cornfield, literally in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. So, and guess what? They got paid to play in the middle of a cornfield. Right. So, and that concert grossed $3 million. Right. right. And sold how much in merchandise and everything yeah. else. So, again, can it be a bad business decision? First of all, it's not, it's not a kiss venture but I don't think rock and brews is a bad business decision. I mean, it's still running and operating and making money. But, you know, you also have to understand that maybe some of the people that are looking at this, this list that are commenting are commenting from the standpoint or the viewpoint of Ace Fraley and Peter Chris. So anything that doesn't involve the original four is somehow blasphemy and bad, you know, you got to keep that into consideration as well. Sure. Well, I think as you Julian know. pointed out, people are, People are voting here, making this list more off of do they like it or are they not like it? Their personal feelings about it, right? Not not from a business standpoint. I, I also just want to say because I've been to uh, I've been to the same one twice, but and again, I I also I also enjoy like um, hard rock cafes too. 
Um, very similar. I thought the food was dynamite. Service was great both times that I went. So um, if you do have a chance to go to a Rock and Brews, I would suggest going um, because I enjoyed it both times. I, again, only been twice, but had good service, good food, decent prices, um, especially considering where it was. Very happy with that. And again, that's the same thing. It's it, I can say almost the same thing about um, uh, Hard Rock Cafes. I've been to a ton of those all over the country from Nashville to, to Florida and all over. And I, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever had a bad meal at a, at a Hard Rock Cafe. And it's very similar sort of thing. So yeah. I think there's another reason why Gene and Paul are invested in something like that. Um, you know, it, it's it's successful. It stayed successful and continues to be a, a bit to me, at least looks like a smart investment for all involved. Come on. It's a yep. good business model. It's a very blue collar dining you know, yeah. experience. You go, you see some pictures of bands that you loved. You hear some music that you like and you get a good yes. burger. Come you on. drink what? some beer That's, and you're not yeah. at Applebee's. Yep. Boom. Yep. <laughs> um, next on the list, taking off the makeup. I, 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 again, would say you could argue whether that was a creative decision or a business decision, but if it was, regardless of the type of decision, it seemed to have been pretty much a success because it revitalized their career for basically another 10 years. And they sold how many tens of millions of more albums while the makeup was off. We know because we've, we've all talked about this many times, you know, by the time Creatures of the Night was out, this was all but dead in the water. And, and don't tell me that it's the greatest Kiss album. We're not talking about the quality of the creative work here. If you were a fan like all of us back then, you know how bad it was for Kiss when Creatures came it out. It sold half as much as The Elder. And that says a lot. That's how damaging the elder was. And the tour, as we know, got canceled. Other than a few select shows, they were playing to half. They 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 were playing in arenas where the the upper half was already covered, and the lower half had only sold half the tickets available. So ticket sales were even even rough. So. You know, it, again, you could argue whether taking the makeup off was creative or a business decision, but the decision, in my view, was quite successful. They 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 revi- it revitalized their career. Again, we're not talking about whether you like the costumes they wore during the 80s, whether you like the music they recorded, whether you like the guitar players. The fact was Kiss came back and became... A, a band of focus during the 80s. They ha- I, mean, I, they, see, I will argue that this was a business decision. I, I think it was more than a creative decision. Business-wise, sure. they had to do it to, to, it to stay if, an active band. Put it this way. If Creatures came out and It's My Life was the lead single and everything was great. Here we go. Selling- <laughs> and everything was great. And seriously, all, all joking aside, the same. If Creatures of the Night was a platinum seller right out of the box, they wouldn't have taken the makeup off. Oh, no, yep. no. 
I mean, they needed you know, it for we, the press. They needed it for the attention. Yes, they, needed they needed to get to, eye. They needed to draw eyes and the attention on the music that they were making because they weren't getting the that attention. They didn't get the attention on the music and creatures when they had the makeup on. What else? It was the last card they had to play. Yep. 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 Ex exactly. And, and Mark, I, I I love this story you you've shared many times about talking to Gene. Why didn't you do the same type of drum sounds on Lick It Up as you did on Creatures? And his answer? He, it didn't sell. That's the Why would, why would I do it again why would if it I didn't do that sell again? the first time? Yeah. yeah, why did they remix it? Tone it down. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so uh, yeah, I agree. I would say taking the makeup off was definitely a business decision. Was it a bad one? No. Probably their you know, their bra one of their bravest business decisions. Exactly. It was it. I mean, we know we know. Looking at Gene, he was not comfortable with that at all. He was a fish out of water. He didn't know what to do on stage. He didn't know how to act. Talk about being brave and doing something for the benefit of the survival of the band. I mean that that that's what Gene had to do there, Paul. Frankly, Paul on the Creatures of the Night might as well have been not wearing makeup because, you know, he was already wearing cut-off T-shirts and just black spandex pants with some high heel shoes. I mean, take the makeup off and he looked like any other rock star at that point in time. Plus, with his profile and only one side having makeup, there wasn't much left to the imagination in the first place when Paul took the makeup off. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he, he was able to naturally slip into it. Gene couldn't discover who he was for another five years, well, eight the, years. The, you know, the, the, the pictures of, and I don't remember exactly what shows. Maybe we should have another guy. Wasn't he doing a book? He knew a lot about pictures. Um. Anyways, but there's, there's <laughs> pictures of 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 Gene wearing the uh, the the cutoff sweatshirt with the yep. and I remember even as a kid, well, kid, I you know um, I was already almost twenty years old when that one came out, but I remember just going, boy, that looks dumb. You know, he didn't. It looks look dumb. Like it it looks cool on Paul. It looked like my dad trying to look cool yes, yes, on Gene. Yes, Gene wearing the lick it up sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off looked like a dad wearing the shirt with the sleeves cut off who's gonna go rake the leaves later I mean, exactly a, i don't exactly. know what he was thinking it just that that optic did not work he he, he so. didn't he 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 was uncomfortable as hell but yeah business decision and again was it the worst take your personal feelings of kiss taking the makeup out of this i think it was a it was a very successful decision it kept the band alive to the point we've got, well, we had them up until last year. I always loved when when Paul, and rightfully so, Paul made a, I loved, when someone asked him about the non-makeup years. He's like, the non-makeup years sold, you know, X millions of, of, of units. And there's bands in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who didn't sell as much as we did. And our non, yeah. and that was our downtime. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they were no longer at that time the influent influential juggernaut as they were you know whatever five years earlier but jesus christ you, you do got to call a spade a spade there they had platinum records they had gold singles i mean they they it was they still had a contract that paid them in advance for each one yes yeah yes. i mean julian was... you might you might know this more but i've heard that 
during the non-makeup years, they sold around 10 million albums during yeah, that. That's good. I think it's eight, eight point five. So good ballpark. Is now, 10. now, 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 granted, you know, you compare 8.5 to one Def Leppard album or one Bon Jovi album. It, it doesn't compare, but you know, yeah, there's bands during that era that would have cut off their left leg to freaking sell. They nearly had half, guaranteed gold albums every time they dropped a new record. Yep. And they had the press that went with it. They went had the coverage a that tour. went with it. They had the tour. They had the merchandising. Yeah, some of the yep. tours still had pretty up and down numbers, but they still had merch. They still had visibility. They still had viability. And they kept doing it. And it really yep. set, it set them up for a reunion. So yes. it kept Let's them, throw, kept them alive. Let's throw out a couple names from the 80s that would have killed for that. Wasp is one of them. They yeah. didn't have the yeah. success that. Um, Great White. The, the, exactly. That's exactly my point. There are a number of bands, Twisted Sister, that, yeah, maybe they had one big record or one, but they didn't have the career. Like you said, Julian, they didn't have like, we're going to make a gold record each time. We're going to be able to tour. We're going to be able to record. We're going to be if anything during the, the the unmasked era for the most part they were consistent you know yeah. they album tour album tour and uh, you know yes was are there peaks and valleys absolutely but it certainly one thing you can't say about it was that it was a, a you know not a success you can't yeah. say that it was unsuccessful no. You, you, every, no, every no, September no, no. in the 80s you knew Kiss was going to drop a well, new we, we, album we, we, and go on yep. tour We've talked about that, how that was something growing up as a kid. You just counted on the fact that you knew there was going to be a new album in the fall, followed by a tour. And then the year later, another new album. You just knew. I mean, it's like the sun rising and setting. You could count on it. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to explain that concept to fans today. But back then, you could just count on that. It was just like, yeah, I know there's going to be a new album. What what's their stage clothes going to look like? What's the album cover going to look? You just could count on it. So yeah, it's it it's I, I I can't say that was a bad decision, and I can't say it wasn't successful. Again, take out your personal feelings about the creative stuff they did. Business wise, it worked. Um, all right, here's a big oh boy. one. Oh boy! Oh god! Gird your loins. <laughs> but 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 here, and this one's a big one. But That's this one said. could could also be a very short discussion. The avatars. So let me just start by saying, how can you say it was the worst business decision ever made when nothing's happened yet? It hasn't failed. It hasn't succeeded. Don't you want to at least pass judgment based on some form of results or lack of results? No, my Again, we, we can have our personal opinions, whether you like the graphics and whether you like the concept. That's not what this is about. This hasn't even had a chance to do business. If this does business like ABBA Voyage does, it's going to be one of the best business decisions kiss ever made people are still upset about that that just it's so weird to me well paul yeah. didn't help with it what do you you know i i gotta yeah. admit all i saw was the headlines if if just 
just doing the headline where Paul said something. And ever anybody, please correct me. Didn't he say something like, "All oh, people didn't understand it"? Um, it was misunderstood. Well, okay, that's yeah. Bad there's optics. a lot. There's that's a lot of misunderstanding, but that's not on the fault of us, the fans. That's on the fault of the person who's trying to explain it to us. If we misunderstand it, it's because the teacher didn't explain it right. Your sales my pitch opinion. fell short. Yes. It wasn't really well thought a, out. wasn't as clear. As simple as that. Again, you know, I, I guess three of us were there. Um, timing was just bad. And there's nothing other than what we saw that night and maybe in person to judge it by. But it's still, as Mike says, it doesn't exist yet. So how the hell do we know what it's going to be in 2027 or whenever it does actually come about? What we have is an emotional response to the moment. Yes. And I think for most people, it's tied in with how we perceive the ending of Kiss should have occurred with the kumbaya moments of here comes the family and all that, or strutter being performed, whatever. Any of those details don't matter. So it was all in delivery and timing mixed in with emotion. So again, it's a creative thing rather than a business decision because there's no business to judge it on yet. And, and, and let's go back to the very beginning here. Kiss is not spending one dime of their own money on the avatars. Right. When I think it was Gene who said like two hundred million dollars, we I think he said something like we've spent two hundred million dollars on this so far. Well, we doesn't mean Kiss doesn't mean Gene and Paul. Read the articles. We is Pop House. That's the company that's financing and producing this. And just like every other business decision here. Kiss is making money off of this decision. Kiss is being paid something to be part of this. Kiss is getting paid some kind of advances. Kiss is going to get some royalties on merch sales, ticket sales, whatever it might be. Kiss isn't investing. I, I, I should say, I don't know this for a fact, but I would say with 99.9% certainty, KISS is not investing one penny of their own money to make the avatars happen. I would Somebody think they've already gotten that. paid. They've yes. already gotten paid to ensure they, that whether it wins or loses, they win. And 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 in that sense, isn't that a smart business decision? They're the house dealer. Smartest, yes, yes. Yep, yep. Now, they could stand to make a lot more on the back end if it succeeds. But even if it doesn't succeed, they still got money. Just like any KISS product that gets licensed, the vast majority of them have to pay a small advance to KISS for the rights to create a product. And, you know, it could be $5,000, could be $100,000 based on what you project your sales could be for this product. Okay, advance is $50,000. That $50,000 is recoupable off of future sales. But if you bomb and you can't sell that product, meaning whoever's manufacturing it, KISS still made $50,000 advance money off of that. It's not getting paid back because the company couldn't sell anything. KISS made money off of that. If it succeeds and that trinket sells hundred thousand units then kiss starts sharing in the profit on the back end so again 
Kiss makes money. All this is time. a this is a little bit off topic on on this topic, but slightly off. And I'd like to hear anybody, everybody else's uh, opinion on this. I did see because I saw the head. That's where I saw the headline on Facebook. Um, Might have been on Blabbermouth or one of those brave words or whatever. But somebody made a good point to Paul. And, I, you know, you, you only get one chance to make a first impression. And yep. As somebody, and, and I think Julian and Tommy would agree, when we were there, there was a lot of, what the fuck? I mean, after the show, people didn't know what to make of it. And and as I said on our wrap-up of the show of, you know, a few weeks back, it was 100% negative. And I talked to a shitload of fans over the next couple of hours. And and I know you went to a different uh, bar or whatever to Julian, but I hear you kind of got the same vibe uh, that I went back to my hotel room to podcast immediately. So I I was elbow and I, you know, I I left and the people around me concur with your opinion. Everyone was like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, come on, guys, where's the tears? I was being sarcastic and Mm -hmm. everyone was just like, there were no tears. That's what sucked. There was no no emotion. It it sucked the emotion out of my area of the room. And again, I'm not speaking for everyone who is in Madison Square Garden because everyone is different and everyone who's handled it. But around me, there were, you know, some guys I knew from Europe. I'm like, come on, we're going to sing rock and roll all night. Come on, let's do life in the woods as we go conga line out the, (laughs) the garden. And everyone was just like, it was like dumbfounded. So... Julian, did your heart sink when he said we're not going anywhere? Do you remember yeah. that right at the I, I went... had I had a freaking freeze right there. I was like, oh shit, don't do this to me, Paul. And then I was like, well, it's absolutely brilliant timing because you've got the world's attention focused on you, making it a business decision to use that platform to eject all sense of sentimentality. Because they they'd done that the night before and kind of cracked when talking about you know starting a few blocks down the street there was much more emotion in it that night it was more business like throughout and then yeah, I thought we're Friday we're not done started. this is our setup it's all been a setup to this moment as Mark said oval team <laughs> remember to remember yep. to that's yep. how I felt man a and crummy commercial and I, well I I think since they abandoned what they were going to do they just should have abandoned it all together and not even brought it up uh, i think they should have announced the avatars maybe in a month from now or something once they oh, had it you know how, how, how about announce the avatars say 2027 when they're actually yeah, going to yeah. be ready to be revealed i mean you announce them in the end of 2023 and then you come out and say all right, so the first show is going to be in four years. What the fuck? And it's going to get left. better. It's going to get better than what we're going to show you now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ouch. What? What? You know, to, for your interviews to say, oh, what you saw, it's not the greatest. There's a lot of work to do. What? To back to you get one chance to make a first impression. So why don't you wait until? Not necessarily. It's a hundred percent where you want it but it's a lot more what it should be. Uh, the 
you know, I could I could agree that the way the, the the business decision on how the avatars were announced and revealed could be a bad decision. But the overall success of the avatars, we still don't know. Again, as as we said on our recap, don't bet against Kiss because somehow they always have a way of figuring out to come out ahead and winning when this is done. And, you know, they don't have a couple cheap little companies working on this. They have the best of the best investing their money to make this happen. Here's something to look at, too. And I don't mean to sound morbid. Um, 27 is three years from now. Kiss be alive. Look, guys, the average what's the average male life expectancy in the United States? It's around 75, 76. Yeah. Three years, I think, would just about push everyone there or over. Um, I think this business decision, meaning avatars, was a legacy for the for the family and for the kids. And well, that's personally, well, again, that that's it's not going to they're not going to live for the most part to to benefit from this. Be, no, the, be, the, the, the business of KISS is going to benefit from this, not the individual people. Correct. Correct. That's exactly my point. So, you know, you got to kind of tip your hat to them to, to do that for their families. It would have been really easy for them, much easier just to go, OK, we, you know, we're going to sell our brand or whatever they're going to do moving forward and see you later. I'm going to enjoy the next i hope 10 years of my life again just using national average numbers and you know and go enjoy myself a whole lot less stress let's face it in 27 if all of them are or gene and paul i should say are still kicking they're gonna go out and premiere that and whatever they have to do but is it any different than taking off the makeup when you think about it on kind of a macro level it's pretty much the same thing. It's a no, transformation. You're, you're, you're right. It's it's this it's the same thing. It's just going from makeup to unmakeup, from makeup to from reality to virtual. So there's not really a, a big difference between the two transitions that they've done, or three if you consider putting back on the makeup, or four if you consider putting other people in the makeup. You know, it's just a natural evolution in a sense of the kiss idea that bill a coin championed in 1977 by trademarking the faces yeah yeah so i i i i think first of all i don't think avatar should really even be in the list because nothing's happened to pass judgment on the business success of it at this point right. we all clearly have personal feelings about what we think of it but from a business standpoint Boy, you know, we could we could be back here recording an episode in 2027 because trust me, three sides of the coin ain't going anywhere once we become avatars, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could be talking about how Kiss just hit a gold mine and you know grossed a quarter of a billion dollars in their avatar show in the first year. You know, you if that happens. You know, look pretty foolish saying it was a stupid decision. Or no one streamed it. One of the two. 
Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and it was a huge, uh, uh, you know, lot. we don't know. We're not there yet. Um, up next was the LA Kiss football team. And I think we kind of touched on that one already. Uh, you know, not, they made money. Now, whether the Reno, the, whether the whole football league and team went out of business, well, that says something more about the whole business model of arena football or the stranglehold the NFL has on all of that stuff. Um, not giving Eric and Tommy their own personas. Is that a business decision or is that a creative decision? Both, but it's like, God, get the fuck over it. Tommy's been wearing Ace's makeup or the Spaceman makeup for 20 years. People longer than Ace ever wore it. Look, and that's not taking away from Ace and Peter at all, but fuck, just move on with your life. I just don't get that. Who cares? Tommy, you're, you know, it's funny. I, I, I did. Every now and then on my Facebook thing, I'll do like 10 days and 10 songs or something, you know, yeah, bored or I something. I like watching those. And, and, I, and I did one where like, this isn't the 10 great songs that isn't, you know, the original band. You know, I remember doing like uh, Back in Black and uh, Lightning Strikes by Aerosmith. Um, just so we get the ding on the bell there. Um, you know, Highway to... Or, uh, uh, heaven and hell the sabbath and you know lick it up kid i mean you can go on and on and on of great bands that yeah they changed a member get over it why i I don't understand this whole well and, and and no disrespect to ace but here's the bottom line and this is just common sense if ace owned his rights to his makeup he could have stopped the production of any Kiss merchandise from the time he left forward. Look at um, that uh, cover album that they put out, Kiss My Ass. There's a reason why Ace's makeup looks like it does, because he owned it at that point. So whether you guys like what he chose to do or don't like it or whatever, at the end of the day, he sold his rights, guys. That's it. So there's, and Peter did too. So there's no way to stop it. I want to ask Julian, do you know any more inside baseball on that? Um, especially because I remember at the time, when was that, 94 when that came out? 93. Uh, yeah, 94. The Kiss My Ass album. Yeah. yeah. It's 94. Um, you, because you've done so much research and, and this stuff. I remember at the time at the conventions, that was something people asked me all the time. And I just have to say, I don't know. I don't know. Because I remember telling someone, I'm like, if they don't have aces makeup on there, then that's a, that's a red flag. You well, know? Exactly. And that's what I, I'm just going by information that I was told by someone who works at the record label. Julie, yeah, and I'd, do have- I'd, I, I do not know, uh, but my understanding is that they just didn't want to waste the money on litigating it in I've 1994 when they weren't exactly in the best of positions financially. Either way, so that, that was that was that was another da- yeah. a down period. Uh, but for putting you know Tommy in it, they clearly owned it at that point. So we have to get over the emotion of those guys le- making the choice to leave the band or simply not being invited back it doesn't matter um yeah and kiss has done what they kiss has made a good business decision totally and and it might have been ace who gave him the idea to buy 
the rights to the makeup after that legal battle for the kiss my ass yeah to, to, that, make, to make sure it was sorted out and that it doesn't happen again be- mm-hmm. yeah you better believe that it was sorted out before the reunion here's yeah. a question for the three of you and I'd, I'd like everyone's honest answer if they could go back in time do you think gene and paul would have made eric carr where peter's no you know if they could go back time because i think they would just to shut everybody up oh back back when eric first came in the band yeah i my 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 honest gut feeling is no i think gene and paul were still at the point thinking that we're moving this forward could, we we could be new characters we could do that but i think what they quickly realized is after the fiasco of the elder and creatures of the night nobody gave a crap about that that was the point of if they knew then what they know now oh if they knew then what they know now then sure if they knew back then that yeah new characters were going to be a dud and we could use peter's makeup and we could use ace's makeup back then yeah i think they would have but how many other people would change the direction or the choices they made if they knew now what they, you know, knew then what they know now? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, Right. Yeah, so Aerosmith got it right because they put a guy who looked like Joe Perry. Yes. Come on, Jimmy Crespo. They couldn't, most people couldn't tell the difference on stage between right. Jimmy and Joe. And casual fans who are buying tickets don't give a shit. I still say that about current ACDC when they got the the nephew and uh, the, oh, Jesus, whoever was absolutely. playing. They, they walk up to the mics just in the walk back. You don't see the guy in pink spandex throwing his bass around like he's, you know, somebody no, new. No, they didn't all. notice the difference in 88 when the same when the same guy, uh, Steve Young, uh, yes. who, who subbed in for Malcolm. Back By the then, way, the and poor, now. what a what a great great record the poor did. I I love that record. Uh, more wine yeah. later, please. If you remember that one. Um, also, too, I I I say I say this to my dad. I'll say this to my dad. Um, that's what Richie Faulkner. Look, does he play great? Incredible. But yeah. don't think they didn't go. Fuck, he looks just like KK. This is going to work perfectly. Yeah. And, well, and if you're you know, look, I I believe that you should stick to your values and your principles and and feel and believe what you want. But I just don't understand people that are willing to die on a hill like that. I'll die on a hill that protects my family and my kids. And well, my that's friends. the point that, that, that dying on that hill isn't going to change your life one bit. No. And that's, so that's why sometimes when I see some of this stuff, I'm just like, I can't believe that anyone even gives a shit anymore. But, but, because but we're but, saying, Tommy, that's why yeah. we're fucking saying. But back to the original question, was it business and creative? Julian, you're right. I think it was both. I think from a pure business standpoint, putting Eric and Tommy in that makeup was the smartest thing they could do because they knew what is recognized. What is recognized about KISS? A logo and four faces. That's what people buy. Mm -hmm. Business-wise, you couldn't have put it. You couldn't put them in the 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 Ankh makeup now. Let's be honest. Who fucking saw the Ankh makeup? Nobody. <laughs> well, yeah, we did. But you know what? In 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 the U.S., what? I don't know. Fifty people. people. Yeah. yeah, fifty people. 
saw that Ankh makeup on stage. It, it wasn't ever on an album cover. So nobody cares about it. it and, and no disrespect to Eric Carr, but again, his makeup was here and gone in the blink of an eye in the timeline of Kiss. It made no impact beyond the diehard fans. The average people doesn't matter. But to this day, those four original faces are what's recognized. That's what people remember. That's what make people feel emotional. That's what people connect with and go, I want to buy something because it's got the makeup on it. Business-wise, that was the smartest decision they could have made. Total no-brainer. Yeah. Um, music from the Elder. Sorry, 100% creative decision. Oh, I think a little bit. I, I Because as, as we know now, they did start doing just a regular rock record. And Ezrin did go, hey, you know, this concept. And they thought it would be more successful because he was coming off of the wall. Um, I do think there was a bit, not a ton, but a bit of business in that. I think it's a bit more business, to be perfectly honest, just simply because of how much they were struggling to find any music that they were making that they actually felt. And it was the only way to deliver an album and meet the contractual obligation in 1981. But so, it was uh, all it was also creatively business. them wanting to impress the critics with their creative abilities. Yeah, I don't but know how the, much I believe that. Thing. Sorry, go ahead, Julian. I'm sorry. Yeah, and sorry as well. You know, Mike, I don't know how much I actually believe that as the justification for the elder. I think it's more justification after the fact um, of we did this to impress the critics because it failed. I, I, will, I will say from a business standpoint, sure, they lost opportunities related to the album to make money. They couldn't tour. They obviously didn't sell merchandise. They didn't have all that other extra business that came from a successful album but they still got an advance from the record label they still made money now obviously we know from a business standpoint all of that money that a record label gives is recouped and has to come back in future sales and the more you have albums that don't sell and don't recoup the worse your position becomes with your label when it comes to future negotiations. It changes the balance of power. You know, the, the old Seinfeld analogy, who's got hand in the relationship. If a band is selling millions of albums with every album, they got hand with their label. In the case of Kiss, when you've got on mass, got elder, got creatures of the night kiss was not in a power position when it came to dealing with their record label at that point in time well 80 they were unmasked shifted a lot of crap back catalog in europe and the markets that they were hoping to expand into so that was a very positive uh from photographs perspective for, 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 yeah from the labels over there but here in the 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 the, the big territory of the u.s Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking from a European perspective, Mike, where yeah. America doesn't count as much. 
I mean, obviously, even on mass, you know, it's huge in Australia. But in the American market, they were not they were not sitting pretty with their record label. They're barely here. They were barely here. You know, they were probably well, getting Palladium. Palladium. That's a big debut. Yeah, exactly. One show in the U.S. at the Palladium. That's that's moving. That's moving uh, units. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think the elder. Yeah, could, I I would say yeah, at this point, yes, it, it's both business and creative. I mean, it, creatively, somebody was like, yeah, let's create a concept album. Okay. Bad creative decision. Um, I don't know. I still say at the end of the day, they walked with some money. Maybe not as much as they could have if they made a smarter creative decision. But they, they more they, in they, the long run. Yeah. No, that it cost them more in lost revenues I, I, is how I view it. They couldn't tour. And when you can't tour, then you don't get advances for tour merchandise. And then you don't get royalties off the merchandise being sold. And then you don't have the ability to license and create elder action figures and play sets and all this other stuff. All that revenue never had a chance to happen. But if it never existed, how can you lose it? I mean, yeah. and you, you never missing had your deadlines to deliver that album. You piss off your label. Because yep. you avoided your contract by missing the minimum recording obligation deadline. You've screwed up all your affiliates who can't promote your album so it doesn't sell because they haven't been able to do their own promotion. Then you can't tour because of all those reasons because the album hasn't sold because you've been late and it's not been promoted. So, But you were able to deliver an album because you hooked on to a creative concept as now, the only way now, you could do it. Now, I would say... Was the elder one of the worst business decisions Kiss's label ever made? That was probably a bigger, worse business decision for the label than the band. Because everything uh, you sort of described there, Julian, that that impacts a bunch of other companies, first and foremost, who can't sell, who can't do stuff, can't move product. That's hurting their business. Doesn't look good for Kiss, but it's not making money for the record labels around the world. And, you know, I think to some extent that's why the label pulled the plug on the elder so fast. Yeah, because it hadn't hit sales projections. They were measuring the sales of the next album by the Gangbusters sales of 1980, especially in Australia. They're like, this is central to our sales projections. Like the album's going to sell as much as Unmasked yep. during Kisteria. And that's just not realistic business in the first place to yep. think that you're going to have an automatic replication of the same thing that happened organically with a little bit of help. And same in Europe, where it was the first time visiting in four years and clearing out all the Bellafon and Vogue and all the other, you know, previous affiliates merchandise, you know? So yeah, business is key to it, but creativity as well. So that, that one I'm 50, 50 on. Yeah, I, I would agree now. It's, it's definitely 50, 50. It's, it's always interesting to see 
how the label so quickly pulled the plug and didn't even want to try and invest a little bit more money to see Which if they could surprising. revive it. They just were like, fuck, this is so bad. We're not even doing anything. Yeah, it's by January done. 82, they're like, give us killers. We need some yeah. new songs. We need more product because, again, it comes back to sales. Yep. You didn't meet your obligation. Give us some more so that we can at least kind of recoup and start undoing the damage that you guys that, have done with that insane decision. That, that just says how bad the label saw this album. And I mean, because there's, I mean, we've seen this decades after decades. There's labels, there's businesses that will sit here and go, well, this isn't what we thought it would, but we'll try and put a little bit of money in to see if we can make something out of this. And then pull the plug after the first leg of a tour because it didn't happen. I, you know, like creatures, basically. Well, uh, just 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 to ape on what I always say, what you just you two gentlemen just said is the essence of timeline is everything because we all see fans going, the elders, the greatest, the great. Look, you weren't there. If you weren't there, it's not the greatest. You okay? don't know That's how not what, bad it was. That was it was beyond brutal. And, it and was embarrassing. The only fan that got it, and you're so much better of a fan because you understand. No, you don't. You don't have a fucking clue. It, that was an unmitigated disaster of epic proportions, and it just was. And again, you can like it artistically, but quit telling me how it's the fucking greatest thing. They're best out. No, it's not. Not even fucking close. And and there's a reason that people didn't like it. It couldn't sell. It didn't do well. And that's why. I mean, it, it showed up, what, November? And by Christmas, you were like, what the fuck happened to the elder? That nowhere. Fast. That, that fast, fast, it went quiet. It disappeared. There was nothing going on about this. Nothing. As you said, Julian, quick, let's get working on the Killers album. Yeah, there in and just to give you a little bit more timeline, which is all easy in hindsight when you've got memos and paperwork, you yes. know, when they were in um California doing I think filming Fridays, they January. were meeting with Michael James Jackson. That same weekend, Howard Marks meets with Michael James Jackson. That says it all in terms of timeline of how yep. quickly they had already turned the page. And then you see the ads appearing for a guitarist in The Voice and The Phoenix in February because Ace had given up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I still find it so interesting that the label just chose to like shut everything down pretty much. I would assume after they walked out of that first listening of the album with Bill Coin and the band, they probably went back and had their own private meeting going, this is fucking dead. The president of the label probably was like telling everybody, we're done. This album's being released. It was like out of control. We're going to let it out, bury it. Yep. And we'll never, never mention this again. Uh, So then at that point, you know what do you do at when 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 they deliver that type of a record to you you know versus someone uh we had that guest on uh that what a month or so ago where they were talking about the um 
Boston just literally showed up and handed him a completely finished, beautiful record. Oh, so, Tom Warman. Tom Warman, yeah. So it, it's kind of like I feel like they're limited with what they can do. And they don't want to throw bad money after good. So I'm sure once they got a hold of it, like you said, they're like, okay, we're not going to do anything with this. But you got to play the hand that's dealt. And it's like, if that's what they're going to send you, what do you, what else do you do? You have to put it you out. Resequence it and make it more of a jumble. So you make A World Without Heroes and The Oath as your two A-side, B-side singles. So right. you mess up the whole creative side of it in trying to salvage it. And then you turn back to the band. I have no idea. I've got no memos that say this. But my inkling mm -hmm. is that they say you voided your contract by missing your delivery deadline three times in 1981. Get your asses back in the studio right now. We'll let you collect um, the advance for the next album. But you got to get us some songs for this compilation so that we could try and recoup mm -hmm. some of the losses that you guys have caused us with this. Don't you think they had so many people at that point in their career as yes men? And the reason yes. I say that is because I I, was just, <clears throat> I just fin I'm just finishing up Rick Emmett's book uh, from Triumph, and when he went solo, um, and he tried doing some more, I don't know how how you could, how you would say just not Triumph like music, and that's what they told him. They're like, we're not releasing this. It's this is. Where is where are the big choruses? Where's the? That's why we signed you, and I and it, I think, what's that? Well, I was going to say, isn't it also possible, possible, that in that situation, um, they needed to release it to see how little the public cared for it, to get them to change. And head the direction that they did. I, like, I don't. I don't. I, I get what you're saying, Tommy, but I don't think that's how a label would think. I think, in in cases like this, the label is literally looking at business affairs, and they're going, "What are we legally obligated that we have to do, so we as the label don't break the contract?" Right. Yeah. No, and I, that I, means I that means we we have to release the album on this date. And we've got to spend X amount of money in some form of advertising. Great. Do that. And after that, everything is over. If we see any freaking memo coming through saying, I want to spend some money to produce a music video or whatever, you're fired. Well, and I I'm think not... the label just does what their bare minimum requirement was. They get out of that album. They bury it. You don't oh, spend and good not... money after bad money. And I'm not arguing that point at all. And I, I didn't mean to suggest that that's how the label would view it. I was posing that question to you three knuckleheads that is it a situation where the band probably had to go through it because to Michael's point, they were still, they were so like, yes, man, everywhere that they almost had to go through with this to see how bad it really is. Well, I think that's when it finally hit them. The, but it, did it take that to hit them? To is that the thing they needed? Is that their rock bottom? You yes. know. At, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I kind of have this conversation. I think I had one with a, some fan just a week ago, where he's like, "Boy, wouldn't it have been great if 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 Kiss could have done Creatures instead of the Elder?" And I said. But in my view, we could have never had creatures without the elder. The yeah. band had to hit 
their lowest. Elder was their lowest at that point in time. They had to hit that in order to get a slap across the face, whatever that is. The ability to not tour, smaller checks, no reviews, whatever that slap is that caused Gene and Paul to wake up. They hit that bottom, they woke up, and they got their act together and created creatures to show that they still can do it. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. You you can't have that ying without the yang. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have gone from you couldn't have gone from alive to the creatures. You had to have dynasty, unmask, elder. You had to have those happen to mess with and shake up the band to realize. They'd fucking lost focus. They'd lost their track. They they weren't keeping the eye on the ball anymore. Also, Whatever analogy also, you want to use. Hold on. Also, this is very important. Had the new wave of British heavy metal, had Heaven and Hell, had Van Halen, had those things not have happened, creatures wouldn't have done well. Um, meaning the landscape started going back to hard rock and then you know literally a year later you know 83 the floodgates opened with motley crew and quiet riot um so in a way that was like were they put it this way i think that that sort of bandwagonism was to what was going on too because while they were a hard rock you know great band creatures was was like that but on steroids i mean that was heavier than kiss that was a very heavy kiss record again yeah timeline means everything right mark if you were a band back then when creatures came out i remember going this is really heavy for kiss me too like they went they went when, when you sit here and look at what does unmasked mean to rock and roll over, well, Creatures is the same way. It's like, holy crap, they they shifted to a whole nother side with Creatures. Because, because if you didn't have those other bands, Ozzy and Van Halen and stuff in 82, then I don't think Kiss would have, I don't know what would have happened to, to Kiss, honestly. Because did that mean? I the reason I say that is because if you go back to Cream and Circus around seventy nine eighty, they were saying they were publicly putting it on their covers as heavy metal bad. And again, Aerosmith was going through a same sort of thing. They weren't selling the records and the uh, tickets. They were Julian. I, I you did a book on. It. Absolutely, same boat. I mean, it's it's it, they're they're parallel tacking down that river. Isn't it funny that Aerosmith didn't get run down the way Kiss did, though? But their ticket sales. Well, I would argue that Aerosmiths were a little better, better, but not by way much. Better. Well, way better. But my point is this: though. when they managed to finish a tour, anyway. Yes, yes, yes. But you know, um, those records didn't. Uh, uh, light a fire i mean uh ruts I went love- gold greatest hits didn't e- it, 
it struggled to get to gold. It didn't go batshit crazy for another decade. And then it went insane. Then it went insane. I think 87. So, But but that's my point. That era was tough on on hard rock. All those bands. Nugent, look at him at the time. Same thing. Same thing right after. And these are guys, Nugent and Aerosmith... Those were they were playing stadiums, literally two years. Fuck arenas. They were playing stadiums two years earlier. We 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 know again looking back that the 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 tastes of the music listening public were dramatically changing late seventies, early eighties. Um that 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 was just that was something all these bands couldn't anticipate happening so quickly. And Mark, we've talked about this with MTV coming in at the same time, all these bands all of a sudden needed to be like good looking bands. And some of these bands, Uriah Heep, you can name, you can run down a whole bunch of them. They didn't look good on video. They looked great at the other end of an arena when you were there with the house lights down. But when you saw them close up on video on MTV, you're like, "What the fuck? Damn, the they fuck were made that? for radio." Yeah, mm-hmm. you got yeah, you got a face for radio, not for video. Um, so you know, it. I think that was a big eye opener for a lot of these bands, and some of them embraced it and made changes very quickly, meaning changes to their appearance, simply their appearance. They changed their hairstyles. They changed their clothing. They, you know, they got they got wardrobe specials. What did we had that wardrobe specialist on for Kiss? Floor. I mean, she came in and was designing wardrobes for Lick It Up and Animalize and Asylum. I mean, that's not cheap. You spend a lot of money to have somebody make you look good for three and a half minutes in a video. I I will say the success of Judas Priest. A big part of it was the the visual, especially at, at 1980. They helped usher in that, you know, heavy metal look. Because just go back and watch the uh, literally a year earlier, 79. There's video flowing robes and all that. Yes, stuff. yes. You're like, that's not a metal band. That's a prog rock but, band. But isn't keep it? in mind, they were at the time, though, they were playing Exciter and, and Dissident Aggressor. The music was 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 there yes the music was very heavy and very metal and very forward thinking but they didn't look at it wasn't until british steel in 1980 that's where they embraced their okay now visually we're gonna look like this and it helped their career which i've said on this you know while we're talking because i always like bringing this up because every now and then we'll get some non-kiss fans stumble onto the show for some reason but i've said a million times over if david lee roth sang exactly on the records but looked like me they never would have sold not like they did because david lee roth the girls loved him the guys wanted to be like him and it's and it's an image no different than you know the beatles had or bruce springsteen's baseball hat in the back pocket image helps sell the music it just does even before mtv yeah just does people there's an awful lot of judge a book out there mark that would love you (laughs) (laughs) 
So, you know what I mean? Just, uh, that's just is what it is, man. And, uh, uh, so the last item here, and this might actually be a bit more of a business decision, the Dubai New Year's Eve concert. Now, the concert itself wasn't a bad decision. Again, it's a concert. They got paid to perform. They made money off of the pay-per-view sales. Financially, it made sense. In my opinion, the bad business decision was who they got into business with. Now, does that mean they got screwed and lied to? Entirely possible. Did they not do their due diligence? I don't know. But we know, as we all know, the end result of that is a bunch of fans who spent money and got nothing that they paid for. Now, where does that fault lie? If you listen, if you believe Doc and the band, it, it lies with the company that promised to do all that stuff and didn't. But as we've said, you know, on many of our shows, whose name is at the top? Kiss. So ultimately, they are responsible for this. Why did it fall apart like that? And I can't think of too many times in history that KISS has had a similar situation. I mean, maybe you guys can think of anything. It may maybe not as big or as painful as Dubai, but did they hitch their wagon to a business that turned out to screw people over? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I, my gut is telling me I don't want to say that's something Kiss has got a track record of doing. Yeah. I don't I think that I, they I, do. And in all fairness, there's an awful lot of um, film companies, film crews, production companies, and whatnot in LA. And they got caught taking someone that was probably newer to the field who took over a project they couldn't handle. Well, you know, while we're on this subject, a company that couldn't handle it, you know, we talked about this. And again, Tommy and Julian and I were were there. I don't that pay-per-view thing at the last show. I, I don't think that company was well vested. You know, they didn't vest them. Um, uh, uh, I don't I don't think that they. Uh, did a very good job from, you know, what I've seen of it and uh, not, not that vetted. Um, vetted. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I, I don't think they were vetted well, you know, and uh, and that's just is what it is. And I think the same thing happened, although in a much worse way in, in Dubai, because a lot of people lost a lot of money and uh, fans should never lose money um, on stuff like that. Yeah, that's like just you pay, cost, I... it's cost kiss a hell of a lot by trying to make good on a yes. lot of that, which they have. I, I will say this. Um, Dubai, I don't think they did their due diligence because I, there is more to the story than simply going with a company that didn't um, come up with the goods and fulfill their side of the deal. Kiss got paid, and Kiss is paying for getting paid um, in, in trying to make things good with a, you know as best they can for a, a bad situation. So they have my respect from a business point of view that they're they're trying to prospect. Uh, re- 
protect their reputation. Uh, but there are still elements of they took their eye off the ball with that whole deal. Um, the latest pay-per-view just smacked of laziness on behalf of the company who did that pay-per-view not being there the night before to see where the fucking cues were and where their yep. camera should have been pointing and missing out on some pretty darn fundamental elements of a kiss show. So the yeah, question's I all mean, about debate. As, 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 as somebody who watched the pay-per-view, I felt I, I, I got my, I don't know, was it 40 bucks? I got my 40 bucks worth out of it. Pay-per-view worked pretty good i mean there's a couple buffering issues and i can't put the blame on anybody specific to that it could have been my computer it could have been my internet it could have been there's a multiple reasons as we know with mark on this show that can cause <laughs> buffering and internet issues yes um but julian you are 100 percent right you know my recap was whoever was in charge of calling the camera shots and the camera angles and that sort of stuff didn't know kiss didn't know you know why again why is there a camera angle behind gene when he's breathing fire well i can't i can't see him breathe fire you know and and why is it a wide angle shot when it should be close up you know little things like that now does that fall on the pay-per-view company does that fall on kiss for not insisting that the pay-per-view whoever's directing and doing production the pay-per-view come out on the road for the last two weeks and study every show and 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 and, uh, real quick tommy and i even suggested why don't you get like one of the old video directors from the psycho circus tour and just pay him to come in and call the shots on that last show at the pay-per-view somebody who knows you want at this camera angle at this moment i kind of look at that falls as much on kiss maybe more so than the pay-per-view company pay-per-view company might have just been doing the best they could with what they were told and what they were given and nobody required them to do more than that. Yeah. I Well, and, and I got to tell you, I saw all types of different things I'd never seen before at the Baltimore show. And I do think that those people were there watching the show. But in all fairness, it's such an overwhelming thing that it's easy to get lost. What they should have done is they should have hired one of the guys off of the crew that does the video every single night for the tour to walk them through things before as well as during the performance. Because I can do, I could have done that. I could have said, okay, next song up is Deuce. As soon as they go into Deuce, do, 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 do. Boom! I said you're gonna you're gonna see uh, like some pyro on the sides. There, that's all they needed is is that there was a there was three separate video companies. There was the the company that Kiss has working the show, and then they had a second one for the pay per view, and a third one that was just filming the whole thing. 
And I talked to the video guys for the band and they're like, no, I mean, we don't do those types of shots because quite honestly, why would we ever do a full a wide shot of the stage on those side or behind us for the most part, because people can't see much that way, but they can when it's waist high and head head shots and things like that. So I just think it was a failure on the three companies coming, or actually not even the three companies, but the two that got hired in to not ask for some more support and follow up and help. That's what it was. But, but so, you know, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. They didn't ask, but I kind of feel like this ultimate responsibility falls on the band to sit here and go, don't wait for them to ask. I want, I want Steve, who's been with us for six years, to go over here and give them a cue sheet for every song. They've got I mean, the damn cue sheets for the whole show. Every well, little that, bit that, of pyro that, that, that's is the whole, laid that's out. That's the whole point. Yeah, you know, I mean, as, Tommy, you can attest to this. And as somebody, I, when I would photograph Kiss, I knew based on this song, all right, for the start of this song, I want to be stage right and I want to be uh, a, a zoomed in on the drum kit. And then... After the first chorus, I want to run back to the soundboard and get a wide angle shot because then you're going to have this happen. Oh, and when it's breathing fire time, you've sort of got to be front and center, but you got to follow Gene's cue of how he uses that flame to judge the way the draft is in the venue. And you've got to be willing, you got to be ready to quickly switch from the left side to the right side based on how he might turn at the last minute. Yeah. None of that happened. And that was very, in my opinion, that would have been very easy. Christ, they could have asked you, Tommy, to sit here and go, Tommy, you've been photographing the band for the last three years on this tour. Could you sit down with their, their production head for the yep. pay-per-view? And could you just sit here and go, okay, be here. On this song, be here on this song. Come easily, back at this which point. I would have ha been happy to do. That's but, what but, was missing. True, but there's but let's not make the assumption that that the uh, stuff wasn't delivered to those companies because it sounded to me like with a lot of the workers for the band is is that they tried to be as accommodating as they could to the different video crews and give them whatever it is that they needed. So ultimately, I think at the end of the day, it still falls on the shoulders of the crews that they hired because you have to understand what you're working with. Like when I got hired, if I get hired to do a corporate event, if I've never been to that location, I'll go down there a day or two early and just take a look at it so I can figure out where the best photos are going to be. Same with if it was a wedding, you go and you take a look at it. You know, even with houses, sometimes I'll preview the home before I'm going to show it later in the week because I want to make sure I have the answers that I know are going to be questions that will be asked of me by my clients. And if I can get them the answer sooner, it helps them make a decision faster. So I, I ultimately still put it on at the feet of those video producers. There's I, also I really another do. sort of access that comes into play at Madison Square Garden. Madison right. Square Garden is a unique ecosystem in terms of well, Hollywood Bowl as well um, yes. for, yeah. for some of the things that happen to bands when they go into those houses. Oh, God. So, I, I, oh, I, I've never seen a harder group of people working at 
a venue than at Madison Square Garden. And I can tell you, I learned this from talking to them, almost, not all, but almost all of them are cops. Really? Yeah. They're, 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 those New York cops are tougher than the TSA. Yes. You know? And those are the guys that are checking your ticket stubs. Don't yep. mess with them, people. And they're actually very, very nice. If you stand to the side and you start a conversation with them, they're like any other New Yorker. They're actually super, super cool people. But they just don't mess around. They don't give a crap who you are. If you are out of line, they will take you out. There's no explanation. There's no waiting. So Julian's absolutely right. The same thing with the Hollywood Bowl. Those guys, those people are out of their freaking minds there. I mean, not the people that work there. The, the security was nice, but, you know, you should have seen the amount of crap that they wanted people to sign to take photos at the Hollywood Bowl. Like the Hollywood Bowl owns everyone's everything because they're the Hollywood Bowl. It, it was it's like you guys are all out of your minds. It's it's crazy. So looking at this list, is there any real business decisions that we're aware of that weren't included here that should be? I mean, I don't want to get into another hour long discussion, but was is there anything obvious that is a true business decision that was a terrible business decision? I mean, it's, I guess, I, based on what we said at the beginning, how do we know? Because we don't know their business to begin right. with. But, you know, so many of these were not even business. So many of these were much more creative or in the case of Rock and Brews, are not even KISS. It's well, maybe, maybe individual it members. Yeah, maybe it shouldn't have been um, the 10 worst business decisions. It should be the 10 worst decisions made by a band for whatever reason, according to the fans, then it can be for any reason that you want. Cause there'll be people who, again, take the makeup oh, off, put the makeup on. Yeah. But I, I, you know, Julian, you may have more insider feeling on this, but I, I bet the premise of this poll and post was, an attempt to prove that the KISS avatars were a terrible business decision by KISS and that KISS has made many bad business decisions in their career. So it wasn't just a, a, a fair look at potentially bad decisions. It was an attempt to point out, yeah, the avatars are going to be a failure. I think there's two bad business decisions that come to mind, uh, just spitballing off your question asked about a minute ago. Number one is the original um, KISS partnership agreement where they split everything 25%, and Paul did most of the writing, and Gene and the other guys benefited from that. And then 1980, where Peter leaves the band and continues to take profits from a band he's no longer a member of. Those are the only kind of bad business decisions that, that immediately jumped well, out at wasn't, me. Wasn't a coins cut, too, in the 70s insane? Yeah. Wasn't he, he was... But it, it was very, it was very standard in terms of paralleling other bands such as Aerosmith. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was very much kind of standard, and they did rene renegotiate it in 1979 into 1980. So, yeah, it, it was a what we would consider an egregious uh, you know, percentage. Getting, getting back to the boys in Boston, uh, our former guest Martin Popoff uh, let us know that 
I don't know if it's Krebs, Krebs or Lieber, to this day stays on top of. Uh, yes. The, the getting, one that's still alive, their, David Krebs. Yes. Yes. To, to getting them certified because yeah. it's been his best business. Whereas Kiss, you know, we're, they don't talk too much about that. So. Yeah, I, and that's what, you know, he was fascinated when I was interviewing him and going line by line through that first volume. He was fascinated by Allcoin, Glickman Marks, and how Kiss was doing business, just to compare it to how he was approaching it for a similar band. Um, you know, the, the business side is fascinating. But, Mike, back to your original question, a lot of that's just emotional and obviously setting yeah. up the avatars as a whipping post, um, which, which is kind of par for the course because it's much easier to go for that tabloid kind of discussion rather than looking at the facts. And also, everyone here has admitted that we have no insight into Kiss's real business. So some of us may have seen some memos and, and whatnot from the 70s. But after 1985, that really becomes a trickle in terms of what actually does circulate uh, for a view into the business when they were really kind of struggling more. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the very first thing that I think you brought it up, Julian, you know, the, a true business decision that might have been a bad decision are things like investments in tax shelters and, and real estate and stuff like that, which we're never going to get the full insight into that sort of stuff. Did it work? Did it not work? Was it a bad business decision to sell part of their publishing off in the 80s? We don't know the exact details of those types of decisions, but those are true business decisions. Exactly. I think the ultimate business decision is coming up. I mean, we keep hearing about the brand yeah i mean that that's that's a business decision to the biggest to to sell the brand and and to be clear it's not about selling the music catalog because a lot of fans still get confused by this kiss doesn't own their back catalog they they own some of the more they own like monster and sonic boom and some of the more recent stuff but the classic catalog that we all know and love they don't own that they don't own those album recordings. The label owns it. Kiss can't sell that stuff off. And 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Julian, but they, they sold at least part of their publishing off in the 80s. And maybe by now they've sold off even more of it. Um, what, they're, what the rumors are is Kiss is going to sell the brand, the trademark, the copyrights, that sort of stuff. So somebody else can make KISS merchandise and decide what to do with the KISS logo and the KISS makeup. And they're still going to have to work with other people to get the approvals in order to do so because those intellectual property rights are so complex. So while Universal, as inheritor of Casablanca's contracts, controls everything that was recorded between 1973 and I think it was canceled in 2001, um, whoever buys the catalog they're still gonna have to work together it's yeah it's called business i mean and again mark you're right that is a potentially huge business decision to sell the brand to sell the trademarks off to somebody and why do bands do that why do music artists do that now to take care of their legacy to set up their family their kids 
to never have to worry about finances ever again. Let's get a, I'm just making this figure up. Let's get a $500 million check right now. And we don't want to worry about collecting royalties ever again moving forward. $500 million will take care of my family forever. That's why they're doing it. And, and you know, because these artists, again, that are selling a lot of the stuff, they're in their 70s, mid-70s, 80s. They're not going to be alive to be collecting these royalties for another 50 years. So they want a big check now while they still got, you know, 10 years to enjoy that money. Now, while it do, they don't need the money because the vast majority of these people are selling off their publishing and all that stuff yep. and kiss with its intellect. They don't actually need the money. They just don't want to leave the mess of the business right. behind them. Some, it's more about, it's more about clean, you know, you're tying a nice bow, leaving everything yep. neat for yeah, what's it's inevitably. Legacy, it's, a, it's legacy. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, you know, before bands would do stuff like this, there would always be, you know, artist aid passes away and we've all heard the stories about the infighting amongst the family and the record label and the merchandisers and who's got the right to say this great example it's happened to so many of these artists in the past that this is what artists are trying to avoid now is like you said they're they're cleaning it up they're tying up a knot we don't my family my estate doesn't have to worry they just collect a check every year as a payout from that 500 million dollar sale and the estate might have a a minor ability to oversee how it's being used with a veto power of like oh no you can't you can't put my my husband's name on a sex toy i won't allow that to happen they're making it easy for the estates to just live on after an artist has passed without worrying about where the fuck did all the money go? Oh, well, your, your business manager and your accountant took all of that money. Well, but that was my husband's legacy. Sue him. You know, they're avoiding that now. So... You know, I think at the end of the day, we don't know what was a bad business decision in the KISS world. We don't know the true business. But I would venture to say most of these things, KISS has walked away on the upside of the decision, not on a downside. They walked with some money, some benefit. They gained something from all of these hit it. You're never going to hit it 100%. No. Yeah. And thank God I this mean, band was never afraid to try. We benefited exactly. from the we've benefited from the failures, we've benefited from the success, and it's been a hell of a ride for 50 years. Because here we are, as you like to say, four knuckleheads talking hold about on. a band. Hold hold on, Julian. That's not how you're supposed to end this. <laughs> you're supposed to say, fuck the haters. We won. <laughs> <laughs> Great, so we can go in for the next two weeks explaining <laughs> everybody what that means. Explaining again, what did we win? <laughs> I actually like I, I, I like that saying so much because when somebody always chimes in with a comment of like, 
what did we win? I'm like, oh, I know you've never listened to the show. Right. You've never heard us talk about this a hundred different times. I mean, make a great epitaph on a, a tombstone. Fuck the haters. <laughs> yeah. That's there Fuck you go. The Michael. Haters we won. There you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Oh. So there you there 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 you go. That was a fun uh a fun hold discussion. On, hold on before, before we're done, both both Julie and I got a pimp talent. Guys, get a chance. Make sure. Oh. You... There this is uh, his the newest issue. Oh. I'm telling you, talk this guy talk about a home run, huh? Didn't he do a fantastic job with that? He he, he knocks it out of the park every time, and not every only that, time. He 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 actually does the work and puts it out, and he delivers it. it. And and, and it's in your hand. Thing. I, I was a little bit late ordering every day. I'd see it like on fate. I'm like, ah, fuck, I got to work. I got to. But this took like four or five days to get here from Japan. You know what I mean? It's just like I sent my money in and from Japan, it's here in less than a week. I'm like, this, this. You can't, so you can't get a book. You can't get a book shipped to you from Houston, Texas in 10 years. <laughs> but I'm just from uh, Japan. I'll, all kidding aside, from from the photos to the content, it's phenomenal. Alan, every time, always man, thumbs up, time. always, yes. yeah. Well, he, there's him and Pear. They're such nice guys, just great mm -hmm. people, you know. And they tr try to do their best for you guys. Support it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you see Alan saying, "Hey, does anyone have?" Be willing to give to him and submit for these projects because I it's a no-brainer for me because he's going to use it respectfully. He's going to do a good quality job with what you provide and yeah. it's going to get in the hands of fellow fans and that's what it's about. Look, I, I so much so that I got one of my best friends who's, he likes Kiss, but not like we do. He doesn't watch the show, but he took some photos and I'm like, hey, this, this guy's a sharp, you know, a, a good guy and I got him in touch with Alan. Alan treated him right, got his stuff you know, Alan used it on a project and same thing. You know, I know you have two Julian. Anytime he asks for something or peer sense, I try and look through my stuff and do the best job I can getting it to him. Don't ever ask for anything because like you said, it's, it's one fan to another and, 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 and our entire KISS community benefits from it. So. They don't even ask for money before the project's done. Correct. They don't, you know why? Cause they don't have to, because especially now, by now everyone knows, if you see Alan selling something, you, A, you know it's going to be high quality. B, you know you're going to get it. You can't buy a reputation, but you can sure sell one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um. All right. Julian, are you working on a book now? Anything you want to plug? I got a couple logs in the fireplace. I don't know whether they're going to sizzle or fizzle at this point, but uh, time will tell. Burn, okay. bitch, burn. <laughs> uh all right uh you know let's let's throw some homework out here what 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 do the the listeners and the viewers think of that list of um business decisions we ran down do you agree with what we said were they not business were they business is there something that was overlooked um, I would just stress, please try and keep your personal feelings 
of that project out of this. This is not judging the quality of the music, quality of the artwork, quality of anything other than business. And I know that is so freaking hard for some diehard Kiss fans to take off those rose-colored glasses and not look at this like a diehard. And also, does it upset you that Mike doesn't care about what you think when it comes to? <laughs> have I, have I ever show? given a crap about what you guys think? <laughs> Absolutely not. And listen, if you've been listening to this show for, <sighs> what are we at, 12 years now? 12 years this coming December, right, Tommy? Me you sure. should know by now we, we've never given a goddamn crap about what you guys think of this show. From episode one to whatever 500 and whatever we're at right now, just, just never given a wine. You, know, you know how many times we've altered the show because somebody said we should? Zero. <laughs> Zero. We didn't even read the suggestion. All, all, although, do you know how many times we've altered the show to say something to piss somebody off? <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 500 and sometimes. Yeah. That's nothing oh. new. Oh, oh, I got a great job or a great idea for a show this week, and we'll be able to rip that guy. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, Julian! Thank you for thank you for joining us. It's always Thanks, it's always Julian. a, a chat with it's, you. Well, it's always you know a what? great I, discussion. I, I appreciate you guys inviting me back, especially to talk about a topic on on the FAQ. You're very much appreciated. So thank you very Look, much. Look, you got well, you got I, a great website over there. You really do. It's filled with so much great content, and I don't mind the general um, board where people bring up. To I don't typically read it, and it's not that I don't think it has value i just got other stuff got going so i don't pay attention you got a like, life we found like julian out like, like julian doesn't read his own board because julian's got a life right listen well, th there's a there's a lot of great people in any community we it's totally. just a reflection of society at large yeah. there's idiots there's lunatics there's wonderful people there's people having a bad day uh yeah. with any community you take what mm -hmm. you want out of it and you don't have to be there i mean like like you said tommy you got a life you're elsewhere i'm actually very busy working on things that you know are my real life and also those logs you know those right. logs ain't going to burn themselves so you know it is no, it is what it is but i think I, it's a I, great forum i i've never had a problem with it even when they're ripping us i really don't mind because it doesn't matter i can't change the way people think of us or how they view us so say what you want to say it doesn't matter. i would miss it if it was gone but i don't know whether that's whether i'm addicted to its existing <laughs> because it's been yeah shit, a very very long time now it really has the faq has well, been going yeah you let, 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 let me ask you a very pointed question julian What's your thoughts on the future plans for the message board now that Kiss has changed, is not going to tour anymore? I mean, uh, you know, does the board continue? Yeah, I, I've thought about charging $200 a person for <laughs> membership, um, but I'll be doing salads and, uh, and pinwheels. But oh, no. God, that was good. It, like every era of history, the board is going to evolve. There are going to be people who get off the carousel. And, you know, I I think 17 million hits in December on the FAU. Jesus. Jesus. Um, That's amazing. And in January, <laughs> 
it's way down. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a it's a natural life cycle. The board will evolve. The people who keep getting banned and coming back, I hope they're eventually going to get tired. I really do. But I think the core are going to be just like you guys and what we've done today are still going to want to gather, get together in a virtual bar and talk and about talk. the band that we love. The love of the band exactly. doesn't disappear because they become, a, become an avatar. As yep. long as we're kicking and screaming, we're going to have something that we disagree on. And some people are going to discuss it like adults, and some people are going to throw mud while they're eating crayons. It's just, <laughs> it is what it is. So I look forward to seeing where it goes. I hope Julian, I'm you, have, you, you, you have a good group of crayon eaters over there. <laughs> hey, and like got, I said, everyone's, some, everyone's, everyone's entitled Bigos, to their... We got some Picassos. <laughs> I, I, everyone's entitled to their pers- their their point of view. And like I said, I don't care when they rip us. None of that. Uh, the only time I ever had issues with it is when they get personal with family. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where I draw the line. But that, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. No, there, there, well, there's wanted, a line. I, I wanted to extend a, a thank you because you allowed this show to happen today because I couldn't. When Mike said last Wednesday, he's like, I'm supposed to have Julian. I'm like, please see if you can fucking move it because I didn't want to miss having you on. Um, you know, when we were, when we were kids, remember Scooby-Doo would like, like one week Batman would be on and then the other one, like Lawn Ranger, like, this is like a Batman episode for me. I'm like, well, that's cool and all, but I want to make sure I'm on when Batman's on. <laughs> I yeah. Sure I mean, Ju- Ju- <laughs> Julian, tr- tr- trust me, there, there, there have been times where Mark is like, I can't be here next week. I'm like, well, we got this guest and he's like, I don't care. I'm not coming. I'm going to be on the show. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I won't I won't name names of who Mark didn't care about being on the show. But with you, yeah, he was like, crap, I really wanted to have this discussion with Julian. So, yeah, well, you know, thank you for mutual, thank you Mark, for moving because... your schedule. Yeah, oh, no, thank, I just no, want to it, say thank it's, you. it's it's a total no brainer because when Mike texted me and said, hey, Mark can't make it. Can we do it next? Week? I'm like, hell yeah. You know, because for the same reason. You know, that when when I I come on a show or have a conversation, there are viewpoints and opinions I want to experience as well, because it adds to the conversation. Well, thank you. The feeling is mutual. I would just I really did. So let's see what can happen next week on the FAQ with this episode. Let's see how (laughs) many pages of hate we can get generated. Did Julian jump sides and he's he hanging out with the traders over there and the all the twat waffles that are hanging out in the cauldron. <laughs> oh, love it love it uh, oh my god we have so much fun with this and how can you if, if you're not having fun online with kiss you're doing it wrong hell yeah amen all right guys awesome you know- thank you julian thank you so thank much you, Mike. Man. fuck the haters fuck the haters we won um, we'll make this quick. You, you know what your homework was. What do you think about the list of uh, his business decisions? Were they business? Were they creative? Did we miss some? Um, well, give us your two cents on that. And um, you know, I don't know. That was always a fun discussion with Julian. Always one of the best smart discussions oh, we can have. But if if not the best, one of the best, obviously. He's just so knowledgeable, so passionate. And and look, I, he's my friend too. Just a genuinely wonderful person on top of being as talented as he is as a writer and 
all that stuff. So always an honor when he's on. And uh, as uh, you know, as you just saw, assuming that just ended, uh, you know, it meant a lot to me that uh, he was able to move his schedule to be on with with us. So that yep. was awesome. Um, all right, that's it. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here. Uh, we have no guests next week, so who knows what will land on our plates or if we open up another box of crap. I, I, oh, real quick, some- I mean, you 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 weren't you weren't on that last episode where we did that, but Tommy, you know, but you relate to this, Mark. Somebody commented on YouTube that last episode where you opened up and found all those lunchboxes, best episode ever, and I was just like. Okay, I mean, Tommy, we basically just you're muted, Tommy. Um, we basically just showed like six lunch boxes, and that was it. No, you had <laughs> a couple other really cool things in there too, you know. Yeah, but I mean, it was it wasn't a lot of stuff. I do know I've got a couple more boxes that are much bigger boxes with a lot more stuff in it. But yeah, people will love that. And I like I said, that's why I just threw up a couple of photos too, keep you entertained while you were opening things, and you know, it's all good. And uh, just a quick reminder, make sure you guys are following our Facebook page, Three Sides of the Coin. I have been posting a ton of my photos that I've been finding in boxes. Uh, you know, again, I've posted stuff like, uh, like today, I just posted a bunch of photos from Paul Stanley's solo tour at the Ritz in Detroit. Mark was, was there. I was there. We didn't know each other. Spiro was there. I didn't know Spiro back then. Um, a ton of photos. I posted photos from Kiss Animalized Tour at the St. Paul Civic Center. Um, Fraley's Comet meet and greet back in 1987 after their first Avenue show. Vinny Vincent at the Chicago Kiss Expo. Uh, Kiss Alive 3 meet and greet party in Chicago. Uh, Kiss Expo with Ace Fraley. I still have not posted, but they're ready to go. A bunch of photos I took at the Minneapolis, the official Minneapolis Kiss Convention. And it's not just photos taken from the audience. I forgot I was like standing backstage as they were performing. So I took a lot of photos behind the stage. Did you put that up already now? Not yet. That'll be going up in the next few days. Cool. Um, I've got Crazy Nights Tour in Chicago. I've got a Peter Chris solo show at Interactions Lounge in Chicago. Well, and I, the yeah, Tour I was at Chicago. that too, the Interactions Did Lounge. You? Yeah. Yeah. I got four or five photos from that. But I wanted, um, to, I mention also... one of, well, I wanted to mention one other thing though, okay? Because I have a video of the convention show in Bloomington and it's on my YouTube page. So yes. let's put a link on that when you put your photos up. So people can, you know. Um, And I've got, I just found a bunch of photos of Peter Chris at the Chicago Kiss Expo at the Hillside Holiday Inn. Was that that too? I'm guessing, Mark, you were, you were there too. And I was there too. I found a bunch of photos where I just walked through and took pictures of dealer tables. So I'm wondering if any of the tables were, were you guys. So Anyway, it's just I'm finding all of this shit that I forgot I took photos at these shows 30, 40 plus years ago. And I've got all these prints and I'm taking pictures of the prints and throwing them up. And um, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool finding this stuff. So, again, make sure you're following us on our Three Sides of the Coin Facebook group. 
and you'll see all of these. I'm almost doing like one set a day here. Um, that's it. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. Do you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-VOICES for three sides of the coin. Provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.